Hey everybody. Hola. Every time you say hola, I think you're gonna say Olaf. Hello. <laughs> How is everybody? Oh. Good. How are y'all doing? Good. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if y'all hear my cat collar. He's running around wild. Fired. I'm just kidding. I know. He's well, getting bigger, so he's funny. like climbing on everything. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, he's he climbs my closet. He climbs um, my mini fridge. He climbs his cage. My Aww. he climbs onto my bed and then jumps all the way to the couch. <laughs> Dang. I don't know where cats get all this. Like, I don't know. They're like stretchy. They're like, aliens. You know yeah, <laughs> they're stretchy. I mean, I'm not stretching them out, but you know. <laughs> Either way, we're like... waiting for some people to get on. My birthday was not too shabby, actually. Um, I stayed home all day, but it was cute because my work, they ended up sending me like um, cookies, but they did it very sneaky. And I freaked out because <laughs> my um, my one of my bosses, they called me and was like, hey, um, what is your gate code? Because you have a delivery at your house. And I was like, I do. Who's it from? Why? What is it? <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't course. know what this is. Yeah. And um, I, I, I had ordered something for my other boss. So I was like, oh, crap. I hope they didn't send it to my house and not to her house. And so I went outside and it was like a box of cookies, like on my front porch. And I was like, oh, so they sent me cookies and there was a little balloon that said happy birthday. I was like, that's cute. Too bad there wasn't like a clown attached to that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would have popped the balloon. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But they sent me cookies and then um, like a little virtual happy birthday card through the email. And everyone from like all my coworkers signed it. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. So, but that was about it. That's all I did on my birthday. And then my, I think my mom came over for a little bit and she brought me cupcakes. So Ooh. I had a lot of cake on my birthday. I love cake. It was the best quarantine birthday ever. Oh, and then we had virtual happy hour with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. I didn't, but I don't know why. I got home that day and I knocked out. I didn't wake up till like 10 p.m. You're rude. rude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Both of us I just, rude. I don't know. I'm so tired all the time now. And it's not that. You know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I just, uh-huh. I'm just so tired. <laughs> Oh, I'm always tired. But how is everybody else's week? How are y'all doing? I'm doing okay. Eh. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm here. You know, guys, I'm just over 2020. Yep. Same. I'm not going to lie. Back. I got burger breakfast this morning for the first time but I was actually very excited to go out of my house yeah and breathe fresh air 
Hey, we did that yesterday. We were able to get out of the house. God, I love Whataburger. Bro. But we weren't we weren't like in crowds or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just over being home. Like I like being home when I get to choose it. But when they're telling me you cannot go anywhere, I'm like, bet watch. <laughs> I think that's how everybody is. I know like I'm a homebody, but right now I don't want to be a homebody. I want to be yeah. shopping. I want to be at Forever 21. You know, like <laughs> random stores. I want to be at, at Michael's and Hobby Lobby looking at crafty <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Not fair. I I went to Target for the first time in a month and I felt so happy. I mean, it was like a quick in and out. So it wasn't my normal Target shopping, but yeah. it sufficed. Did you wear a mask? You got to wear a mask. Yes, I did. I actually wore the one that Mandy gave me. Yay. I got so many compliments on it. People were like, oh my God, it's so cute. I was like, thanks. That's going to be like the new thing. You're going to see people and they're going to be like, hey, I like your mask. You yeah. Should, you should tell them I made it even though I didn't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Isn't that like the norm for China? Like they wear masks everywhere. Is it China? Like that's what they do regardless. I don't know. I saw somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Quite possibly. I never heard of that. I've seen pictures like people because there's like a lot of pollution and people wear a lot of masks and they get all fancy with them. They put diamonds on them. Yeah. That's oh, Betty doing. said most Asian countries do. Ah, you're so smart, Betty. This is why we hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for the for the gift, Betty and Tim. We appreciate it. Gracias. We appreciate your donations. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what are we talking about today, y'all? Today, we are opening up code cases. Wait, is that what you're asking? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. We're opening up code cases today. So we know that there's like some code cases that have been code for years and then they open it back up and they're solved. But these are cases that have not been solved at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Make sure. Yeah. I'm on. Mine hasn't been solved. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I have searched and searched just to make sure I wasn't giving any like wrong info. But I think one of my cases is pretty much like on the verge of being solved. But we don't know for sure. Wait. Y'all got more than one? Yeah. I, I have I have <laughs> two. I have two, but the second one is very short and there's not a lot of info, but it's really interesting. Oh well that's pretty much Wait, did we tell each other what we're doing? I told y'all which ones not to do because I was doing them. How do I mean we do I think I was looking at y'all's messages. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only doing one. Obviously, we don't communicate with each other. No, I'm just kidding. That's just me. (laughs) I was literally the only one that hadn't done her research. Yep. It's a procrastinator. We've all been there. (laughs) I don't know why you're such a procrastinator. I'm horrible. I know I'm so horrible. Okay. There was literally one time I found my stories the day of at work. Okay, no, I'm I'm doing different ones. Okay, thank God. Oh, my God. 
That would have been a disaster. I'm only doing. Oh, no, I, qu- I quit. Y'all would have heard me quit live today. <laughs> I stayed up last night till like three or four. No, yeah, like four o'clock in the morning last night, just like reading. Wow. Like, unsolved murders and stuff, but like disturbing ones. And I got so into it, I was to the point to where like I kept hearing noises, and I was too scared. I was actually, I was y'all saw my Snapchat, right? I was being ridiculous yeah. on Snapchat this morning. I know. I like literally stopped halfway. I'm like, I can't deal with her Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna go do story time in the living room, but I was so paranoid that a murder was gonna pop in through my chimney or something. Like, so I just stayed in bed. That's that's the good thing to do. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. Stay in bed and go to sleep. I know. I was up for a while. <laughs> but I, I read like a lot of disturbing stuff. Like humans are scary. They are. Dude, like these two people, I'm like, what the hell happened to you? Like, why would they do this to you? Yeah. It, it's, uh. And I think what's more terrifying with these code cases is that they've never been like, caught like these are open cases like the murderer is still out there somewhere and that's what's that I think last night that's what was freaking me out I was just like oh my god they could be my next door neighbor like (laughs) (laughs) they could be next to a murderer no I'm just kidding (laughs) they could know somehow it could be anybody it could be you Ash yeah a murderer yeah only on the weekends or cat cat could be a murderer or betty or tim no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm not putting everybody on blast we love y'all <laughs> benny could be a murderer who knows a pug murderer that's oh. funny <laughs> oh my gosh yeah wow. so i have three but um they're i mean they're short except for one but I had to reduce a lot of my research, like reduce a lot of my research. I had to like kind of summarize stuff because otherwise I would go on and on forever. Yeah. But um, I cut a lot of it down. So I don't think I'm going to take that long. So sorry if I do. Yeah, mine's <laughs> short. But I think I go first today, right? We're back in rotation. I don't remember the rotation. I'm going to say yes. Okay, sure. Yes. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> What even is a rotation? We just don't say. We just kind of like go in a circle, you know. Like if I go first, then it's Ashley, then it's you, then the next week it's Ashley, you, then me, then. Yeah. Oh yeah, I already I'm lost track. I'm last this <laughs> week. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, because last I, week you went first, and then I went last. So then this week I go first. Right. Yes. <laughs> Ready? Yes. What is, yeah. I yes, drink a perfect. full cup of coffee, so I am ready to go. Well, let's go then. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I can't pronounce her last name. I'm going to butcher it, but it's okay. Um, I'm doing the case of Betsy Ardamza. Ooh. Ardamza. And I kind of briefly touched on her case in a past episode, but I'll get to that in a little bit. So, in November of 1969, 22-year-old student Ardamza was at Penn State Library. On the night of November 28, 1969, she was doing a research paper. Um, At some point between the hour of 4.45 p.m. and 4.55 p.m., she was stabbed a single time through the left breast with a knife. 
And this um, severed an artery and it pierced right through the vertical of her heart. I'm sorry, the ventricle of her heart. Um, police believe that she was most likely attacked from behind. So she had no idea like what was happening. Um, she had no defense wounds or anything. So following the stabbing, um, she slumped to the ground. Minutes later, one witnesses say one or two men exited the central region of the library. Um, telling the desk clerk, somebody better help that girl as they oh. left. So the man or men who spoke to the desk clerk um, have never been identified by anybody. And, and in the 60s, like, video cameras weren't a thing. You know what I mean? Like, that had, wasn't really, like, a thing back yeah. then. So, like, this was just all by, like, witnesses. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. by standards, um, went ahead and did first aid, including mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Um, a call was placed to the campus hospital um, at 5.01 p.m. The, the, um, the call was placed. By 5.19 p.m., an ambulance had transported her to a health center um, where she was pronounced dead almost immediately. Um, after she was pronounced dead, um, Pretty much like they unclothed her and everybody thought she was wearing a red dress, but she lost so much blood that her dress turned red. So I don't know if she was wearing, I was trying to find like, was she, I think I'm assuming maybe she was wearing like a white dress and it just stained all red all in the front, but people kept saying she was wearing a red dress. So this is significant. Remember that. Okay. Okay. So this poor girl, um, she... She was the second um, of four children. She was born in Holland, Michigan. Um, she is the daughter of Esther and Richard Aranza. Um, she attended Holland High School where she graduated with honors. She enrolled at uh, University of Michigan where she studied arts and English. Upon graduation, she enrolled at Penn State, which is where she got murdered. At the time of her death, she was dating um, a med student named David Wright. And right away, he was um, taken in for questioning because he was, of course, um, being questioned for her murder because they were dating at that time. But he got cleared of all charges um, because he had a good alibi for that night. He was with some friends studying. So his, he had an alibi for that night. So 47 years later, I'm pretty sure it's been longer than that. And maybe, maybe I did my math wrong. But um, police are still actively taking information for her case. It's never been been closed. They they don't have any um, witnesses besides the clerk seeing those two men. Um, there is no evidence at all. There is no murder weapon. Nothing. There is barely even any blood on the ground because it all soaked in her dress. What? So there is no evidence at all. No leads. The only lead that they had was the boyfriend, but he had an alibi for that night. And apparently they were in a good relationship, a good, happy, healthy relationship. So there is no, um, yeah, there's just like nobody. No way. It was, yeah. what the it was hell? Like, like almost, it's almost like a ghost went and killed her and like ran off. You know what I mean? Like there's no evidence at all. So till this day, this poor family, like there's no justice for Betsy. The, how in the hell does that even happen? Like no evidence whatsoever yeah there's no evidence there is there wasn't even like enough there, like you know how like if somebody gets stabbed there's like blood everywhere there's like barely any blood 
There's no footprints, obviously, like nothing. The only witness, the only lead that they have was when the clerk said that there was, and she couldn't remember if it was one or two men that passed by and said, y'all better go help that girl. So I'm assuming whoever that was, it's who killed her. But yeah. uh, when they questioned the clerk, um, if it was the boyfriend, she, the boyfriend didn't match the description. And also, too, of course, he had the alibi. So till this day, her murder has not been solved. It's out there. Oh, that makes me in, mad. It turned into a code case. Yeah. Did, um, so, did they maybe, like, question, like, self-inflicting? There was, yeah, there was, there's no way that she would have been able because they said the that. way they said the way that the knife the, the way the puncture wound was it the way it like injected into her chest it was like from behind uh, the way the angle okay. was it okay. was from behind so that's how they assumed that she got attacked from behind because the way the angle of the of the puncture wound was though okay that makes sense yeah and there was no murder weapon. So if it was self-inflicting, they would have found a weapon somewhere. She wouldn't have had enough time to hide it. And even if she did, they, they, like, they searched that library from top to bottom. They cleaned it out. They could not find any murder weapon anywhere. So whoever did this took it with them. Damn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. And to be honest, like, I don't think I would I don't think I would be able to stab myself like that, you know, to, to no. know exactly. And and the more I read it, I'm like, this had to also be a med student. Like, how would they know exactly where to stab her between the breast, you know, the breast and like to puncture her heart? You know what I mean? Oh. And then I also kind of like maybe thought maybe it was the boyfriend because he's also a med student. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know. Oh maybe it was somebody maybe who hired someone. Like maybe no. Oh yeah, Betty said maybe the clerk was part of it. Maybe that it's just, just so weird. Like there was no like no evidence at all. There is nothing that they can go on. So, yeah, like, the case just turned cold, and until this day, her murder her murder has not been solved. Oh, it either was God. a professional or a med student because there's nobody that can do a murder that has to be, right? There has yeah. to be, yeah. And I think that was one of the, the theories too that it was self-inflicting, but I'm like, how? There was no murder weapon. You can't stab yourself in the chest with a pencil. You know uh, what I mean? Like, there's no way. Yeah, true. Um, so, fun fact about this case. I don't know if you remembered in episode 10, um, Penn State Paranormal Research Society with uh, Ryan Buell. This was their first paranormal paranormal case that they took on, oh, on campus. That's right. Um, so, because of the story of her murders, a lot of people say they feel like an energy in the library. Um, some people say they hear a girl crying. They hear a girl screaming, "Help me!" Um, supposedly, in the area where she was murdered, you feel cold spots. Um, there's been sightings of like a figure of a man walking by. Um, it, there's like different different eyewitnesses of like different paranormal activities that's in that library till this day. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was a fun fact about Betsy, oh but I'm really God. sad that her family till this day don't have justice for her murder. Yeah. That's it's what so makes crazy. everything so sad. It's just crazy. Like there's no evidence. Nothing. There's all. nothing. <laughs> at all. Dang. Besides her puncture wounds. That's it. Mm -mm. Um, so sad. So this next one is 
I thought was pretty interesting and scandalous. Um, have you ever heard of the Tylenol murders that happened in Chicago? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. So I learned a lot researching this. And this is the case where I had to like really reduce like my research on because there's so much and there's so many articles and there's so many videos and news reports and everything. So I, yeah. I had to cut it down a lot. So I'm not going to be able to get through everything. But if y'all want to do y'all's own research, it's really interesting. And because of these murders, like so many changes in the pharmaceutical industry changed for the better. So in September of 1982 in Chicago metropolitan area, 12 year old Mary Kellerman of Elk Grove Village, Illinois died after taking a capsule of extra strength Tylenol. Adam Janice, 27 of Arlington Heights, Illinois died in the hospital later that day after ingesting Tylenol. His brother Stanley, 25, and sister-in-law Teresa, 19, of, of Lysol, Illinois, later also died after taking Tylenol from the same bottle. Within the next few days, Mary McFarland, 31, of Elmhurst, Illinois, Paula Prince, 35, of Chicago, and Mary Reiner, 27, of Winfield, all died in similar incidents. What? Once it was realized that all of these people had recently taken Tylenol, tests were like quickly taken out on the Tylenol pills because that's how all of them had a connection. So soon after they got these tests back, it was revealed that cyanide was present in the bottles. So mm -hmm. they were poisoned by cyanide and there was high doses of it too, to where it would kill you in an instant. So warnings were oh. issued um, throughout the media patrol cars like police were literally driving down the streets of Chicago with microphones warning people about the Tylenols and to throw out the bottles. It was That's like scary. huge like hoorah. Um, they were warning like residents throughout Chicago. Um, people were throwing all their stuff out. Johnson and Johnson um, spent millions of dollars recalling the pills from the stores. Um, so the tampering with so the tampering with the medication inspired a lot of copycats, too. So across the U.S., the Food and Drug Administration tallied more than 270 different incidents of products that were being tampered with in the months following the Tylenol deaths. So there is pills tainted with everything from rat poison to um, is it hydrocodic acid that sickened people around the country. Um, some copycats expanded to food tamperings. Um, th and this is where like all the Halloween candy, like putting stuff in the Halloween candy came up. Um, parents reported finding sharp pins concealed in candy corns and candy bars, um, different pills being in, uh, like different kind of drugs being put into the candies as well. Um, some communities even banded ban trick-or-treating altogether and a lot of people didn't want to take any medications this caused like a huge thing in the medical field too you know like with the hospitals and stuff like they what are you supposed to do like how how are you going to treat your patients you know what I mean like they had to throw all their medications out and this was like in the day where we they didn't have like the safety capsules or anything you can easily open up the bottle and throw crap in there like while you're at the store Oh, hell no. Dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So police, unfortunately, never arrested anyone for the original Tylenol murders. Um, but tax consultant James Lewis wrote a letter to 
Tylenol's manufacturer in October of 1982, demanding $1 million to stop the killings. Lewis had a strange past, of course. He was a little weirdo. Um, he had been charged with the 1978 Kansas City murder after police found the remains of one of his former clients in a bag in his attic. So he was already a psycho. Um, <gasps> charges for that murder were dropped after a judge ruled out that the police search of Lewis's home was illegal. So when the police searched his home, they didn't have a warrant to search his home. So the charges oh. were dropped. Yeah. Um, Lewis was convicted of extortion, extortion for the letter and spent more than like 12 years in federal prison. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Um, but he was never prosecuted for the killings himself. What there the wasn't any hell? evidence. So he, he just wanted money. He was just trying to get money off of it. So he was pretending to be the, to be the serial killer to get money off of it. Um, but what? I know it's, oh my God. it's so crazy. So now in, in our time now, DNA and stuff, like everything's so advanced. You know what I mean? So they do still have some of the original capsules from those murders. So I think it was, I read in 2019 or is it 2018? Recently. Um, they decided to put those capsules through like more advanced DNA testing to see if they could find any DNA of the serial killer or any kind of fibers or anything on those capsules to try to make a match. Um, but so far, nothing's come up yet. So that case is cold. They did recently open it up, but it hasn't been solved yet. But because of these killings, um, they did have a positive impact on the. On, on like the medical pharmaceutical industry. Um, so they that's when they went ahead and improved their packaging. They um, did the tamper-proof seals. Um, they did the indicator of security controls during the manufacturing process. So it's reduced a lot of this from happening again, but it's just unfortunately, it's just unfortunate that these families still don't have justice for their murders. Yeah. I it like also sucks say, that it, it took all of that for them to even put reinforcements yeah. on those medication bottles. Yeah. And they went back and forth between people like he wasn't the only one that. Um, he wasn't the, the only one, the only one that the FBI was interested in. There was like other people, too. But it was just like a lot of like anybody that they arrested for any murder, like they were automatically a suspect for the Tylenol killings. But there wasn't enough evidence to show that. They were tampering with that with that drug. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the murders that these other people were involved in was totally different um, mo compared to like what the Tylenol killer did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this person has hasn't been found. That's so they're still out there somewhere. What if it was like an angry employee? Yeah. So, and that's the thing too, is they ruled out anything with the warehouse um, because I guess the warehouse, it, it wasn't anywhere in Chicago. You know what I mean? So they, they figured it was somebody that was in the Chicago area because everybody it hit was in that area. Oh. So they ruled out anything with the manufacturers. They ruled all of that out. 
Yeah. Hmm. And then think about it, it though. Chicago is like one of the most dangerous places. Yeah, unfortunately. So. And also too, like only it was only after these murders, then a few weeks later, other poisons and stuff and other drugs being tampered with um were that's when it hit everybody else. You know what I mean? So if it weren't for these murders to be happening, all the crazy copycat people wouldn't have come out of the woodworks too. Damn. I know it's sad. What the hell? It's messed up. People are crazy. I hope they yeah. find whoever it is. And I'm sorry, I messed up the dates. I said 2000, I said 28 to 2019. I'm totally dyslexic. It was 2008, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly read that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I have oh too much God. caffeine in my system right now. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Like, how in the hell? Wait, so it was just like one bottle or all the bottles in the Chicago area? That's the thing is that they, they don't know how many bottles this person contaminated because it hit so many different people around the Chicago area. And some of these people weren't even related. <gasps> oh. So all of these people that I named... There is like, a, I think like a, a son and a dad and like a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law and then like another one random woman, like three random people. You know what I mean? Like they weren't related at all. So they don't even know because these people, some of these people weren't even re- in close relation with each other at all. They flipped out and like told everybody to throw out any Tylenol bottles that they had. And this was including the hospitals. Maybe they just targeted one store. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like the owner of that store. That's but also it. too, like the pharmaceutical company is not going to take any chances. You know what I mean? So they're yeah, going to yeah. like, they spent millions of dollars, of dollars, like recalling all their product that year. Yeah. It's I'm just crazy. scared if next time I get a headache. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> nope. Not opening <laughs> that. I know it's scary. So my last one, I promise. This one's called the Walker County Jane Doe, and this one's kind of creepy. Yeah. So, in November of 1980, a girl was seen by a girl was seen at two different gas stations by um, two different attendants in Huntsville, Texas. They said that she was asking um, for directions by um, for to a nearby prison because she said that she was going to go and visit a friend, and they gave her the directions, and that was it. I guess she was like obviously going to go and visit somebody who was in prison. Um, she was later found murdered miles away, naked, laying face down and un- unidentified. Um, her picture was shown to everyone at the prison, but nobody recognized her. So she was shown, her picture was shown to every inmate at the prison and nobody claimed to have known her. What? The what? Despite the initial efforts to discover both her identity and that of her murder, the investigation into the Walker County Jane Doe's murder gradually became a code case. So she didn't even have any identification on her. So I'm like, how are you going to go and visit somebody at a prison but not carry an ID? Like, you need that stuff, don't you? Like, you need an identification card and all yeah. that. And she had nothing on her. Oh, yeah. Um, they're assuming that, like, her stuff was taken because she was found nude. Um, uh, and there's some reports too that say she was raped and others say that she wasn't raped, that it, it was just like false reporting to kind of make the story more dramatic. Um, so there's also like false reports too. So it's kind of like, you don't know what to believe on her case. Um, but she like, 
nobody knows who she is. Nobody's claimed her body. Um, the only reason why she was uh, buried is because um, people came together, did like a fundraiser and um, put, they put like a funeral together for her and her casket was donated. Mm. But otherwise, like nobody's claimed her body. Nobody's claimed to be a family member. Nobody's claimed to be a friend. So she's known as the Walker County Jane Doe. Wait, so when when she was seen at two gas stations, it wasn't at the same time, right? No, it was it okay. wasn't at the same time. It was like one gas station she hit, they told her where to go, and then the next gas station was like miles away. So oh she was, I believe she was on foot. She was and, walking to this prison on foot. She wasn't like in a car or anything. And she was found like like her body was naked, but was she like stabbed? Was she strangled? They just said that it was um, that she was sexually assaulted. Um, They didn't say like they didn't even say anything like in the reports, like if she was strangled or stabbed or anything. Uh, I'm assuming maybe she was strangled. Oh, my God. That's sad. And scary. Yeah. All the report says is that her body was discovered within hours of her sexual assault. Um, and murder. So they didn't even say like if she was stabbed, if she like they just said murder. They didn't. They say just said murder. How? There's like no details. There's no details in this poor girl's case. Ah, oh, that's so sad. It almost seems like to me. I mean, I, I I'm kind of like a conspiracy theorist, but it almost seems like it's a cover up. Mm. I mean, for them, yeah, because for them not to have anything like in their report. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's dead. We found her, blah, blah, blah. We don't know. She's who she murdered. Is. That's it. Yeah. Like, we're like, uh, is there anything else? Y'all are officers. Like, do your job. Yeah. And figure out what's going they on. They said that she was five mm-hmm. feet, six inches in height, weighed between 105 and 120 pounds. Um, she was well nourished. Her eyes were hazel. Her hair was approximately 10 inches in length, light, light brown in color. Um, it had like a reddish tint. Um, she had distinctive features in her body. She had a vertical scar measuring one and a half inches. Um, yeah, there's like nothing about her death. Wow. And they didn't like. Well, obviously, if they didn't put anything in the report, obviously. Yeah. Well, they well, they they put in the report that it was um, possible strangulation. Oh, okay. but still, that doesn't even. Or like maybe asphyxiation, like they probably put a bag over. Yeah, maybe. Her head or something. But possible. Strength. What if she, I, I think it could be like, what if she, you know, if she was on foot, she didn't have like a car or anything. What if it was like another traveler or something the same way, like, or like a, a homeless mm-hmm. person, like traveling and thought like maybe to, obviously she's a girl by herself. I'm going to rob her and then ended up like raping her and then killed her and Maybe. took all her all her stuff. Yeah. I mean and and they put a lot more disturbing things that they found, you know, with the autopsy report. They they put a lot of other disturbing stuff and I don't it's very disturbing. Like y'all can look it up and read it. <laughs> <laughs> but got it. So pretty much like what they found in her body was pantyhose stuffed in her area and they're assuming like it was for them to stop bleeding like to stop her bleeding 
but there's no like evidence of like her even being stabbed in there. You know what I mean? It it was just what they found was just her being sexually assaulted. So that's how badly she was sexually assaulted. Wait, and they didn't even try to like DNA test these pantyhose? There's nothing in the report. What? Oh my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Are you freaking serious? It's sketchy, right? It's super sketchy. That is. It sounds like a cover-up. Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. This poor girl. Yeah, so they did, They did like, um, the digital, like, description of her face. Like, they don't even have, like, an actual picture of her. All of it's, like, digitally modified of what oh my gosh. she looks like. And this was just descriptions of the clerks that actually spoke with her. And again, there weren't any video cameras or anything back then. Mm-mm. Exactly. There should be DNA on those damn pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're not going to stuff themselves up there. Like, yep. obviously. Well, obviously, there's foul play. What if it was just like the cops? You know what I mean? Yeah whatever something Mm -hmm. it's just all sketchy that is that's totally sketchy good morning (laughs) morning. morning. (laughs) it's evening here is it evening it's five evening it's five evening well for us it's even it's evening i think it's morning for him yeah or her sorry i don't manny's like (laughs) oh africa hi hello very cool. Hello from Africa. Dude, yeah, but no, that's like totally sketch, man. Like it's pretty sketchy. Yeah. And the but, more and but the the crappy thing is is that like the more articles I read on this poor girl, like the more the story changes, the more like her autopsy report changes, like like there's some reports that say like there is a DNA sample and like nobody could recognize it. There is another one that says DNA DNA samples weren't weren't able to be taken because there's no DNA to be founded and all this like it's just crazy. It's, yeah, sounds like I mean to me it's it's a cover up. It is a cover up. I agree. Cover up. There, case cover. solved. It's a cover up. Another another one of my crazy theories is like, what if this was a girl who was taken or like kidnapped at a young age, or she was born, she was born from somebody who was kidnapped? You know what I mean? She has, she really, maybe she really doesn't have any identification. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a possibility. It's just crazy. Or, I maybe she was smuggled in from a different country or, you know. I was about to say that, like, sex trafficking. Yeah. Maybe. That's always an an option. I mean, not an option, but that's always a possibility. There's so many theories around this case. It's crazy. But, yeah, those are my my cases that I decided to talk about today, and they're crazy. So, y'all want to read up on more research on it. And if y'all want to send us some uh, conspiracy theories on Miss Jane Doe, Mm-hmm. Feel free to send them to us because it's sketchy. <laughs> we should do like, what's that thing where they send you in the mail that murder investigation box? Yeah. Yeah. We should do like a, like a series on this Jane Doe girl and figure it out. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Um, but actually that is a perfect, perfect segue 
into my story. I have two. And um, the second one is a little baffling because it is about Miss Debbie Lindsley. And this actually happened in Victoria, London. Um, and it happened on March 23rd, 1988. And it kind of ties in um, with being like, what the hell? Because she was 23 years old and she was found stabbed 11 times on a train. Um, the train was traveling from, I'm going to butcher this, Orpington to Victoria. And these are both in London. Um, and she was stabbed 11 times, one in the face, in the neck, in the abdomen. But the weird thing is that five out of the 11 wounds or the stab wounds were around her heart. And when they found her, she was laying in a pool of blood. but half of the blood was not even her blood apparently yeah so apparently she had tried um to fight like she was fighting her uh attacker and actually injured him it doesn't say well injured the murderer it doesn't say if it's a man or a woman but um she injured him and it doesn't say if maybe she stabbed him with the knife too or like punched him or it doesn't say anything like that it just says that she injured him but she injured him enough to where some of the blood from this person was mixed in with some of the blood from hers. The only problem is that when they ran it through the database, it had no matches whatsoever. So they have this blood, somebody else's blood, but they don't know whose it is. Um, and the thing which kind of also ties into your first, um, your second story, um, is something good came out of this one was. The particular train that she was on, um, there had certain certain carriages where, you know how like the trains, when you get on the platform, you can get on and then it's kind of like a subway kind of looking, you know what I mean? Um, but the, in there, there were certain carriages that it was only one carriage in there. So it wasn't like connected to all the other ones where you could like move freely between the different carriages. Um, this one specifically had one carriage and it was not connected on either side. So if you go in there and you're with somebody, you're literally the only two people in this little carriage. So they were saying that, um, what are they called? The little, the, the people at the front that either like take your coins or, um, you know, so that you can get into the, like the trains and the subways. You, you know, what I'm talking about those people. Um, what attendants or what the they tenants. tenants? The, not yes. the te- not the attendants, but <laughs> <laughs> tenants. There we go. Ten, yes, those people. Um, so there was one of those ladies. She was questioned, and she said that she had seen like these two stocky like men, um, and one of them was like watching people or women particular get on and off the trains. So they went and questioned him. Um, They got his DNA, but it didn't match the blood at all. Um, I think in this particular one, they even, uh, I think they interviewed like 650 people because um, obviously she was like on a train, right? So it's in the middle of a train station. So they interviewed all these people out of 650 none of them matched the blood that they had found in the tree. They didn't find a murder weapon. 
they didn't find anything. They just knew that she was stabbed with like either a five or seven inch knife. And that's about it. So that's all they have. Like they have nothing, like nothing else whatsoever. Um, they did pull some footage, like from some of the cameras on this, on this train stations. But the only problem is that this train, um, it was going from Orpington, London to Victoria, London. And it made about like 10 stops. So uh, yeah, like this killer could have gone off anywhere. And um, it only took about, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes to go from Orpington to Victoria. Um, so she boarded at 2.16 p.m. And she was found by one of the staff members at 2.50. So between then and 2.50, she was murdered and the attacker got off the train somewhere. And so they have no leads, no nothing. Even to this day, um, I think in 2013, um, like with all the new technology and all that kind of stuff, they reopened the case. Um, but nothing has come of it. Like they still can't find anything, but I think her family um, and some of the like detectives, I think one of the main detectives now is detective Stanfield. Um, This, this detective is like, I am going to figure out what happened and I want to like, keep, keep going until like, I figure out who did this to her. But other than that, they have no, information whatsoever and i think this happened like 30 or 35 years ago so it's still open as of now and they said uh if anyone has information to call the crime stoppers hotline in london because they have no leads at all whatsoever that's insane yeah that's so sad mm-hmm. but like how can like i don't understand how because they interviewed so many people and so many witnesses and like they even took DNA from so many different people and it didn't match at all any of the blood whatsoever. And I'm like, how can you like, how can you not know, you know, the blood, this like was, especially now. This was at a train station, right? You're saying? Yeah. Like uh-huh. in the train? In the train. Yeah. So like, don't they have record of every person that was in the train? Or do they let, I've never really been on a train before, just like when I went to Seattle once, but like, do they not keep record of every person that gets on a train? So in London, their trains are kind of like New York subways. Oh, like anyone could just see any, yeah, anyone. Oh, it's not like you buy a ticket and you can like go on there. But that's, that's why they, they had to interview so many people because there were so many people they got on and off that that specific route. The only thing is they they tracked that specific route only because that's the one she was traveling on. But um, because of that, they did actually uh, reduce the number of unconnected carriages. So now, like on the train, like most of them are all connected. So you can go like freely through the through the train instead of being like by yourself in one so that is a good thing. And then they have um, now they have um, guards patrolling the train stations and the platforms, um, particularly making sure um, or keeping an eye on people that are traveling alone and by themselves. So, I mean, 
they're now taking better precautions to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again, but you never know. Oh my God. Yeah. That's scary. So, I can't even I, imagine either, like how long those interviews took. I, can you imagine? And like, it's like, how do you, how do you even like find who is there? You know what I mean? Because there's so many people that are off yeah. and on. True. Like, where do you start? You're just like, uh, it's almost like a needle in a haystack pretty much. Yeah. Like, which way do you go? Which way, which way is right? Literally. It's like insane. And like, I tried searching like updated information like everywhere. And it's still to this day, nobody knows anything mm-hmm. of how she died. Who would have wanted to kill her? They even like interviewed um, her job, you know, like where she was going. Uh, I mean, where she was working at um, just to see if maybe she had any enemies like at work, but nope. And they, um, the superintendent at the time described the attack as savage and brutal. And it was something like they haven't, they had not seen in a long time. And they said that it was so gruesome that they're thinking that whoever murdered her, it wasn't their first murder because of how mm. gruesome and stuff it was. But the only sad thing that I was like, oh, was that, um, well, she was supposed to be a bridesmaid in her brother's uh, wedding that was supposed to happen within a few weeks, but then she, um, Oh, she no. was murdered. And so they buried her, I think, in April 22nd. So they, it was a few weeks. Um, she was March 23rd. So about like almost almost a month later, she was buried. And she was buried in her bridesmaid's dress that she was supposed to oh, wear. That's so bridesmaid. sad. Yeah. You're going to make me cry, dude. I know. It was sad. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. <sighs> <sighs> Betty no, asked okay. if Betty asked if it could have been personal. Oh, definitely. I don't know. See, that's why they that's why they um interviewed people like from her work. They talked to her family and they were asking, like, does she have any enemies? Was there anybody that she got in an argument with that day? Did she have a boyfriend? Did she have this? She didn't, so they literally had no leads to go on whatsoever, except for the um creepy men that the attend that the tenant saw. That were looking at people, but they cleared them after a while. So, yeah, you can't really go on anyone based on their looks either, because you know sometimes I'd be looking creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is it? Which brings me to my second one, which is also a little cray cray. So, has anybody heard of the Summerton Man? No. No. Okay. So the Summerton man, this happened and it's way far back. So um, Debbie's was in 1988. The Summerton man was in 1948. So way further back. Um, So it was an unknown man who was washed up on the Summerton beach in Australia. And I think it was Summerton beach in Adelaide. Adelaide, Australia. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, so these people came across the man washed up on the on the shore. And what they found odd was that he was a well-built, athletic-looking uh, man. He was clean-shaven, and he was very nicely dressed. 
the weird thing was that he didn't have any real belongings on him. So like he didn't have any rings. He didn't have watches. He didn't have a wallet. He didn't have an ID, like nothing like that. And all of the tags on his clothes were removed, which was odd. Um, the only thing was when they were um, examining him, they found like a secret compartment in his waistband and they found a piece of paper in there and it had the words written. It's, it's in Persian. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it so bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a piece of paper that had the words written. Tom, Tommen Shud. Tom, yeah. Tom, Tommen Shud, which means the end or finished. And it comes from this particular book. Um, it's called the, again, I'm so sorry. Um, Ruby, Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. And it's in an 11th century book of Persian poems. So this specific paper in this specific um, page was from that specific book. That's important later. So remember that, guys. I'm writing um, it down right now. <laughs> so they had no idea where this man came from. They had no idea who he was, why. They don't even know how he was killed. Like there was no wounds or anything on him. So they at first assumed um, that he would might have been poisoned or he might have been like pushed off of a boat or something since he was coming like from the ocean. Um, but they, again, like didn't know where to go from. So then they started to eventually um, go on the side of suicide. Um, so they were getting ready to kind of like leave it alone. And a few weeks after that, this businessman, it doesn't say his name or anything. It just says a businessman came forward and gave the police a copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, that poems book that the, that the piece was taken out of. He came forward and gave them that book. He says that the book was thrown into his car through an open window. I don't know if I believe that or not. I call bull. Bull, yes. <laughs> But it gets even more interesting. So they um, they check his car. You know, they check the they check the book, fingerprints. They take his DNA, all that kind of stuff. Um, he doesn't come back with a match or anything. Um, but when they opened the book, they did find that sure enough, that page was taken out and it was ripped from the book. But the weirder thing was on the back of the cover, like the back cover of the book, there was five lines of random like letters just written like in lines and they tried to decode it. They tried to see maybe there was like a secret message. There was nothing. It was no secret message. It was just literally random letters on the back of the cover. But on the bottom, there was a phone number that was on there. So they called the phone number and it went to a young nurse. Now at the time um, when I was going through it, it didn't say her name. Because um, she had wanted her name to be taken out of the reports and stuff that they were, they were, um, uh, you know, putting together. Anyways, so they called her up. And by this point, it was like a few weeks later and they had already like were going to say it was a suicide. They had buried the, the unknown man. 
But for some reason, and I don't know why, this is a little weird, they made a cast of his body. Why? I don't know, but they did. Por qué? I know, right? You're like, I'm all like they, made a cast, they made a cast of his entire body. I don't, I don't know why. So the, the woman or the nurse that they called couldn't identify the actual body. So she was called to identify um, the cast of the body. Now, she did not, yeah, she denies ever knowing or anything like associated with this man. Like, she's like, I don't know him. Um, I have no relation to him whatsoever. However, one of the officers said that when they unveiled the body to her, she looked like she was about to faint. So I'm mm. like, hmm, Suspicious. I don't know. Yeah. Take it even a step further. So after that, um, they had no leads. They had no witnesses. They had no nothing. So they basically were going to, you know, dub it as a suicide and leave it at that. Well, this professor, um, what was his name? Doctor. He was a professor um, in the University of Adelaide. So um, in Australia, his name is Derek Abbott. He um, saw the case. And he became intrigued with it. He's like, I want to figure out what happened to this man. I want to bring his family closure if he has any family because they didn't know who he was. So they couldn't contact family or anything. So nobody knows. Like if it's a family member, they don't know where he's at. Um, so this professor was like determined to figure out who this man was. So he took on the case and he basically like started contacting the original detectives. Um, and one of the original detectives i think it was um what's his name gary feltis was the original detective and um he actually still had the original piece of paper that had the note and phone number on it so um this professor like started doing tests on it he started like you know going back to that night pulling records like he was doing he was doing the most like for this thing so they actually found out that the nurse um, whose phone number it was, her name was Joe Thompson. And so he was all excited. He's like, hell yeah, I'm going to figure out like, you know, what happened. So unfortunately, this was already like 30, 40 years later. So she had unfortunately passed away already. So he couldn't ask her any questions. But what he did was he tried to um, contact like her children, see if she had any children. She did. She had a son and the son's name was Robin. Okay, hold on to your panties, girls, because it gets even more crazy. Um, I'm, I'm holding on to them. <laughs> so he, um, he tries to track down Robin, and Robin was actually a famous um, Australian ballet dancer. I, don't, I didn't look him up, um, so maybe if one of y'all wants to look him up, that'd be cool, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> so he finds out Robin was like this um, professional ballet dancer, so he tries to track him down. Well, unfortunately, he passed away, too, because he was also and it was like 30, 40 years later. So he's, you know, old. Um, but he was able to find some pictures of him online and actually found some similarities between Robin and the Summerton mm. man. So the Summerton man also had very defined calves and apparently, which I did not know this, um, trained ballet dancers will have pronounced calf muscles 
that are much more defined and higher than that of a runner or a cycler. So mm-hmm. if the, yeah, so if their calf muscle is like this, like certain density or whatever, they're more likely a dancer. So the Summerton man actually also did have pronounced calf muscles. So therefore saying that he was also possibly a dancer. And um, this Derek Abbott, the professor, found like some sort of interview with Robin. And um, he had, Robin had said that his mom did actually take him to dance lessons when he was a kid. So he um, kept looking, kept searching for the photos. And he actually saw that Robin and the Summerton men had a very distinct um, ear feature. Like they had the same strange ear feature on the same ear. And apparently they both had a trait where the incisor tooth or teeth were missing on the inside of your mouth. And apparently this is only a genetically inherited trait. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, at the time, Robin was born in, in 1947, which was a year before the Summerton man actually became, you know, the Summerton man and died. So Derek's theory is that um, this nurse, the Joe Thompson and the Summerton man may have had something going on and they created Robin, a child, and maybe something might have gone wrong between the two of them. Um, and she killed him. Maybe. They don't know that for sure. But it gets wow. even deeper. <laughs> oh my. I'm like literally yes. holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this I'm mean, I'm telling you, like this professor is so like he wants to figure out what's going on. I feel like we're diving into like different dimensions of this case. <laughs> <laughs> so um he tried to find out if Robin had any children. He did. He had one daughter and her name is Rachel. But Rachel um, was actually given up for adoption. So she, the Robin and the the wife or the mother of Rachel decided not to keep her and gave her up for adoption. And she did not know that she was adopted until um, Robin's, I don't know if it was his wife, it doesn't say, but um, Rachel's mom um, contacted her in her early 20s. So they kind of started talking. She was asking questions about her dad and like, blah, 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 blah. Well, that is when this professor sent her a letter saying, hey, like I'm, you know, looking into this case, blah, blah, blah. I have a theory that it might be your grandfather, your father's father. Um, I'd like to meet you, blah, 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 blah. So she agreed and they went um, and she met the professor and they started talking. They started, um, you know, saying, getting to know each other, you know, and then started talking about the case. Well, they ended up falling in love and having children of them themselves. So um, he married the Summerton man's granddaughter. Um, yeah. And the original detective is thinking that this professor's like psycho because he's like, he's getting too far into this case. Like, did he just marry her because he wants to pull like her DNA and figure out like, oh, my gosh, true. (laughs) Like, you know, what's going on? Because he had tried and he put in um, like requests to dig up the Summerton man to extract DNA from him. 
Um, but he's been denied two times. And last time I checked, I looked at one, uh, a very recent article that was written and it was like in 2018 or 19. Um, he did get approved to get the DNA. So he would be getting DNA from the summer tin man and from Robin also, and from Rachel to cross them and see if they are identical in any way. But the only problem, because this case is still open and he has not done the DNA yet, is because um, in Australia, they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and let you do this. However, it's not going to be paid for by taxpayer money. And it costs about $20,000 to do it. Oh, they're going to make him pay for it. Exactly. So he says, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So he says the case is still open. He's very hopeful that he's going to find out like the truth and of, of what happened. Um, but that he is very, he says that he is very thankful and blessed to have come across this case because if he hadn't, he would have never met his wife or had his children. Um, so yeah, that's the Summerton man. Wow. What a yeah. psycho. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, uh, I have mixed feelings about this man. Yeah. Yeah. He seems kind of weird. That's but my, crazy. That, that is my theory, though. I'm, I have a theory that, like, maybe the nurse was trying to, like, you know, hey, we have a kid. Like, why don't you help me with the kid? Maybe the dancer or the summer man wasn't because he's a dancer and, you know, they travel a lot and all this kind of stuff. So maybe he didn't want a part of it. And then she killed him. What if he didn't even like girls? I don't know. See, that's the thing. We don't know. Like, maybe they were drunk, you know. It was just like a one-night thing. Yeah. Yeah. And no one will ever know because both Robin and and the nurse are both dead now. So, true. no one knows who he is, his name. They don't know anything about him whatsoever. And... They did figure out that he's a dancer, but I mean, by now, if they even go back and question people, I mean, this was like 40 something years ago. I mean, who knows if like his co-workers or if his like co-dancers or something are even still around. And also, too, like what what I think about that is when when it's been that long and then police come back and re-question people and give, and they're like, well, why are you questioning about this? They give them the reason. And like their minds start making up different, like false memories. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's it, like, even if they were to go back and re-question people, like it's not even concrete if it's real memories or not. Yeah. yeah. Cause it happened so long ago. Exactly. So that's crazy. I know. That was, it's, it's still open to this day, and he still has not had any chance to examine any of the DNA from from him or anybody, for that matter. That's so. scary. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I made a weird noise. <laughs> that's crazy. I just feel like. Like I, we dove in deep and we got deeper and deeper. It was just crazy. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like now it's, a I literally, case. I kept like leaning in towards like the microphone. Like what? <laughs> I swear at one point I was like holding, holding on. Like I wasn't even breathing. Oh my gosh. That's I'm what sure I was I doing when I was cat. researching. I kept like <laughs> opening up different tabs and I kept searching. I was like updated Summerton Man info, updated Summerton Man info. I was like, I need to know more. 
that's Hi. crazy. That, that was, was a good, good that was yeah. a good different dimensional case. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. If you hear my kitty crying, he's like a little baby. He still wants attention. I okay. could barely hear him. Okay, good. <laughs> all right okay y'all ready for mine yes yes okay y'all have to just i'm just gonna tell you right now um it involves a child so i know some people are very like you know sensitive let me mute my mic okay (laughs) all right (laughs) so mine is actually let's see so this happened february 25th 1957 there was a little boy between the ages of three and seven um, that was found in a cardboard box in Pennsylvania. So the weird thing is that um, two different people had seen his body already, but nobody reported it to the police because they were scared of being involved. So, I mean, that just makes me so sad. They could have found him sooner. But anyway, his body was wrapped in a blanket and put in a box that was originally from a bassinet. And this is a bassinet that you would buy from like JCPenney. So um, his body was covered in bruises. Um, a medical examiner said that before death, it looked like he had a lot of blows to the head. And also his hair had recently been buzzed off. And um, the reason why people know this is because there were still chunks of hair left stuck all over his body. Um, There were surgical scars on his body, like on his ankles, on his groin, under his chin. um, And he only weighed about 30 pounds and he was 40 inches tall. So he was like very malnourished. Um, He was super skinny. You could see his ribs. Um, His mouth was like really dry and bloody. Um, And so they did this. They decided to take um, the fingerprints. And so, um, you know, to hope that they can identify this little boy. So they made over 400,000 flyers, um, you know, saying like, you know, we found this kid um, here in Philadelphia. They send it to police departments around the area. They mailed it out with people's bills, like in hopes that somebody would come forward and say like, you know, they're missing a child. Um, So also there was nobody, like nobody came forward. Nobody knew who the little boy was. So since nobody came forward, they decided to kind of like fix up his dead body, um, like fix him up, dress him up, sit him on a chair and take pictures of him, kind of like if he was still alive. So um, I that makes me like that makes my stomach turn. I just I feel so bad for whoever had to see that. But anyway, so they had to um, dress him up, sit him on a chair, take pictures. Even after they did all of that, nobody came forward to claim this little boy. So then the police took his fingerprints to local hospitals to see if there was anything on their database. None of the hospitals had any record of him being born um, in, you know, in their hospitals. So either he was born at home or he was born like in a different state. Um, so back to the box. Um it was tracked to JCPenney that was about 10, 15 minutes away from the crime scene. Um, so they tracked down about 12 people that bought this bassinet around this time, um, but they all paid in cash. So they couldn't track. They couldn't be tracked. Mm-hmm. Um, so another clue was 
there was like a corduroy hat that was found a couple of feet away from the box. Um, and it was made from a small company called like Eagle Hats or something like that. So they took the hat to the owner of this company. And uh, she said she remembered the man, but she sold it to him and he paid in cash too. So like wow. there was no way of tracking him either. Um People think that the boy got sick maybe and died and maybe his parents were like scared that they were going to get in trouble. So they just like put him in a box and left him like in some random place. Um, there's a lot of theories also like there's one theory that uh, nobody recognized that it was a boy because whoever had him was raising him as a girl because he had like freshly tweezed eyebrows which is weird for like a seven-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, there was also like the hair was freshly cut and um, the surgical scar that was around the groin. So they were thinking that somebody was trying to do like a homemade like sex change on him to make him a girl. Um, oh. So nothing new ever came out of this like case or anything. So he still remains um, as America's unknown child. So um they're, they have no name. They have no parents. They have all they had was like a body. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it just makes me sad because nobody even claimed the, the kid and nobody knows his name. Like they can't even like bury him. Right. Like his tombstone literally says America's unknown child. And um, yeah, but hopefully. I don't know, maybe now with this our happen? technology, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. So maybe with our technology oh. now, maybe we can like, I'm not saying I'm going to personally go dig up his body, but maybe they can, you know, let's dig sad. it back up. And what, what year was it again? 50. Oh, let me go back to my notes. 1957. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was in the 50s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but nobody came forward to claim this kid i mean nobody even said like my child is missing nothing he was just like a random boy in a box it's sad to say but that's what it is you know I, I have i have a feeling that because that unfortunately like i i mean you see that sometimes like parents are like oh i can't handle this this kid or I'm not ready for like a child or anything, or I don't want to be a parent anymore. And they just leave their kids somewhere mm -hmm. or, you know, that I have a but, feeling it was something like that. But you would think they would do it when the kid is young. This kid was already like, well, it says three to seven years old, but they didn't really know his age because he was so malnourished. He weighed like he was a three year old, but he looked like a seven year old, you know? Oh my it was God. that skinny. And it's just, um, but he is buried. They have like a whole tombstone and all that. And people still go leave toys for him at his tombstone. So, I mean, at least oh people God. care. But I just wish I knew, like, I wish we all knew, like, what his name was or something. You know? Because it's sad that people refer to him as a boy in a box. And, like, the. The police reports like don't say like anything like no they, they tried they interviewed people nobody knew nobody knew anything the only thing was that lady that had that hat that made the hats but um you know she didn't they there was no way to trace back cash 
That's Which is weird. weird. Was there credit cards in the 50s? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. no. So maybe like, was there checks? Like, is that what they mean? Like, I think, there has, I think there was checks. I think okay. it was cash, cash and check. Okay. Maybe if it was paid with a check, they could have like figured it out. But yeah, because they would have had like the account number. Yeah. Like and such, but. Mm-mm. But that's it. Nobody knows anything about the family nothing oh my god you really I don't see like it. that that's yeah. crazy mm-hmm. Damn. that's my story i only chose one y'all i'm sad now <laughs> i know i was i was sad too i mean we can oh, yeah. hope that somebody comes forward one day yeah betty said it could be a child from an immigration family and then Tim agreed. Yeah. Have been. Oh, yeah. Like, what if they were trying to, like, you know, like, maybe, maybe this dude that bought the hat or whatever, like, what if he was trying to help them, like, you know, come this way or come over to wherever they were migrating from? And what if, like, it just, because you hear that, too, like, people that send their kids with people to, like, come over and such, and it's, like... I I mean, crossing anything is going to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So what if it was just like a way of them like, oh, we're just going to put you in here, you know, and no one will ever know. And then it just, what if he like suffocated? What if he like, it could have been something like that. And then they just left his body at like a forest or something. But I think that also like two people saw his body like days before it was even reported, but nobody reported it. Said anything? No, because they were scared. Oh my god. Sad. Oh, Poor little boy. So sad. I know. I that is little boy. If you I see wish I something, you guys. See something, say something. Like yeah. that is important. See something, say something. Very. Because you never know. It could be just a matter of like time. Mm-hmm. You never know. Or maybe he could have still been alive in the box. You know? Just very malnourished. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. That's sad. sad. Yeah, poor little baby. I hate, hate, hate though that he's known as a boy in a box. Literally. Because no one knows like Mm-mm. who he is. There was um there was a quote that I was reading when I was researching, and it comes from Detective Superintendent Sarah Davenport Davenport. Um, and I like what she said. She said, um, Unsolved murder cases are never closed. They are subject to regular reviews to check whether new techniques such as advances in DNA technology can be used to generate further lines of inquiry. So they like, even though they're called cold cases, um, I even checked too, like on online, like with our police department and such like that. Cold cases are never actually like, they don't just put them away, like in a box, like in the you know, in the evidence room or wherever, just leave them. Every now and then um, they take them out and they'll kind of like try to, you know, revisit the case and see what happens. And a lot of the times it's because people will come forward with information. Um, You know, like years later, though, you know, what if somebody's like, I've been holding this on my conscience, I'm finally going to say something. So then they Mm -hmm. finally say something and that reopens the case and more more so than ever, that's how a case gets reopened is because new evidence shows up or, you know, someone gets curious and it's like, let me see 
you know, they searched the area, but they didn't search this area. Let me search over here and see what I find. And then something pops up, new DNA technology. They're like, hey, we have this in the evidence room. Let's rescan it or redo it and see what comes up, you know, with this technology. Like, so cold cases are never actually like cold. They keep reopening them and keep, you know, going through them. So who knows? Like someone could come forward with any of the cases that we said and say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's it's just crazy to know that so, like there has to be somebody out there that knows something about these open cases. Yeah. 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 Even with that, with the one that I said, like, they took a picture of him um, dead. You know, like you would think someone would recognize him. I think somebody even made a sculpture of the dad of what the dad would look like, like recently. Um, no, still nobody comes forward. They dressed him up as a girl, I think, too, to test out that theory that he was being brought up as a girl. And no, nobody, nobody knows him. That's just really sad. That's sad. Yeah. Poor baby. I know. He was chiquito. <laughs> I know we're all quiet now. I'm all sad. Sorry, guys. Hi. We ended on a sad note. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Oh. So um, I was like falling into the rabbit hole last night with like all these unsolved murder cases. And I didn't like really, I just kind of like briefly read on it, but have y'all heard of the smiley face murders? Yeah, I have. Mm, And it's like, it's like, it's not even like, it's just a theory. It's so these guys were founded, like different guys unrelated. I think it's in in New York, right, Carl? Somewhere in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, College age guys like um, were found intoxicated and like they died from drowning and at their murders there just happened to be like a small drawing of a smiley face there but it so so in theory they're thinking that these cases are connected because they're at a bar getting drunk they were found intoxicated and drowned All, all of them you know died from drowning and supposedly like at the murder scenes like there is a small faint drawing of a smiley face at each murder scene so like the cases are still open but it's not even like a for sure thing that they're all connected and it's just the theory that there's an actual smiley face on the case like you know at the murder scenes or whatever wait it's called this the smiley face killer that's what it's called so none of these guys were connected at all no, like they were not connected at all. Like they were all like the same age, like college age guys um, getting drunk at bars. Um, but they 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 have like age. no relation. They have like no, they're not mutual friends or anything. What the hell? The only thing was the smiley faces. Yeah, there was like a smiley faces at each of their murder scenes. Mm. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. nope yeah so Don't it's still like open that. to this day there's like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories around it and everything so i would love to do like just an episode on it just because there's so much to cover it's insane 
But yeah, I fell, I fell into that rabbit hole. And that's why last night I was going to do my Snapchat story time of that. But I was like, I'm too scared to move. What if the smiley face killer finds me? <laughs> he knows. I'm telling you, we should do like, we should pick like a really good like cold case and do like one of those like solve mystery things. Like we can pull up the reports, we can pull up like videotapes, like all that kind of stuff and just figure it out. Hmm. Have y'all seen that smiley movie? What smiley movie? No, but it sounds scary. Smiley does not sound scary. Hi, I don't know, the, the, the way he said it, you know, just, mm-mm. well, typed it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Is it scary? My neighbors are gemming, y'all. I can't, I can't believe I don't hear that. Oh, I don't know if y'all do. No. Gemming Mexican songs. I I was uh, when I was researching last night. I saw um, there was the the movie or the show. What is it? The Fugitive. Is it a movie or is it a show or is it both? I don't know. What is I it again? The The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Yeah, I think it's like um, yeah, I think it's like a movie or something like that. But the it's actually based on a real cold case, um, of like this married couple and the wife ended up um she was murdered. Or something and they pinned it on the husband but then he got like um he got like retrialed or something like that and there wasn't enough evidence or something like that but i think he's is like is it the one with that ford guy i think so yeah what's the name Her- harry harrison ford? ford harrison ford there we harrison go ford. yes i'm a harry ford <laughs> <laughs> my car is yeah. a ford yeah harrison ford yeah uh, it's- tim's tim's yelling at me <laughs> said harrison timothy yeah well that one that movie is based on an actual cool case just what? a fun fact in case y'all didn't know that oh tim said han solo <laughs> well that's what i know him as han solo but yeah han oh that's ooh. i want to watch it now shane dawson i love shane dawson Shane Dawson. He said, Sin said that Shane Dawson is in it. In the movie. He in is? Movie. Yeah, that's what he said. <gasps> Has Shane Dawson in it. How do we watch this said movie, Sin? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? Those are the only two I got. Are so. you trying to tell us you want to do another watch party? Watch party? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you too. too. We can Google Hangout and watch YouTube. Sure. That's always fun. <laughs> I'll I'll check if it's on Netflix, but I highly doubt if it's got Shane Dawson. Is it not. like a is it like an indie movie? Like an independent film? Normally the independent films are on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I thought all his stuff was on YouTube. Like even his little movies and all that. I wanna be it's in a called movie. The- the smiley movie. I want to be in a movie too. We could be in a podcast movie. <laughs> I actually want to be in a porno. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my god. I'd make a lot of money in 20 minutes. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I have failed you. <laughs> yeah. Will- let us know. I will just Google Shane Dawson movie. <laughs> 
smiley movie and see what pops up. <laughs> well, sometimes on his videos, he says, like, this production, this movie I produced, you know? Oh, but yeah. They're always on YouTube. Hmm. It's called Smiley. Did y'all find it? Are y'all looking for it? Do I hear my cat jingling around? Let me see. I'm looking for it right now. Right now. Live. Live on this live. You know what? I think we can do a watch party on Facebook. No. On our on our um fan page, or like on the, the VIP fan page. Really? I think so. We can ask Ramiro. Ramiro, um, he does the watch parties all the time on there. <gasps> I think yeah. I think we can actually share the link to the YouTube video on the watch party link in our VIP and page watch and there? watch it. Yeah. <gasps> I'm down. Like even Sammy said, yes, Facebook. Oh. We're not tech savvy. People. I'm getting with the time. <laughs> Eventually. I, to- I totally forgot there's that thing on there. <laughs> I'm so down. I'm we so got this. Down. Facebook can, watch party, y'all. We can do a Facebook watch party, guys. Instead of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, if you're not part of our VIP page. On Facebook, it's still Scary Not Scary Podcasts, but it's the private group. Answer the questions on there, and then you'll be accepted. Answer the, the questions. <laughs> Amal, you'll be accepted the into the cult. <laughs> How fun. That would be cool. I'm down. So our next show, guys, do we want to let our OG listeners pick or take a vote? I say we let them pick. Okay, guys. Give us some suggestions in five, four, three, two, one. Go. Go. Go, 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 go. (laughs) I'll write them all down and it will surprise y'all, but we'll let y'all pick next topic. Or do do y'all want us to do like a poll? On, on mm. Facebook, we can uh, a poll. Okay, poll. We got two oh. for poll. Tim, <laughs> Eckerd and poll stories. Are you serious, Tim? Haunted Get out. Stuff. <laughs> Sin, but what kind of haunted stuff? That's very broad. <laughs> oh, ay dios! Oh my y'all god! Y'all are worse than us. <laughs> You are the worst virtual friends ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you are not. <laughs> Dubic box. Dubic oh boxes. my god, Ashley's gonna cry. What's a Dubic box? You know what a Dubic box is. We've talked about this, Ashley. She you think your brain blocks them out? <laughs> yeah, I think her brain did did block it out. Yeah, a Dubic box. Oh, is it Remember? the one that Post Malone touched or opened? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sin, why would you suggest that? We are no longer friends, bro. Uh-uh. <laughs> I hate those. Those, those are very interesting. <laughs> Tips of killer clowns. <laughs> killer Tim. clowns for Ashley. Round two. Tim, I love clowns, you guys. Cutting your hair ever again, Tim. <laughs> you cut oh, yeah. his hair? 
Well, Nick, Nick did. <laughs> Nick, Nick came over and cut his much needed hair. He I looked like imagine. a chia pet. <laughs> it sounded like his the clippers were going to break. Oh, <laughs> it was a mess, I believe. Then. It was, yes. Uh, I couldn't go over there. I was like, I can't, I can't look. He's like, look at all this hair. It's like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Just clean it. You know, you know, actually... You know, Brave Ashley is actually coming out a little bit. Oh, oh, what do right you want to do? Dibic boxes? I'm actually curious. Legends oh. from different countries, creepypastas part Pretty. two. <gasps> Guys, you are giving me really good Pasta's suggestions. Okay, look, I'm going to write all of these down and then we can do a Facebook poll. Everybody follows us on Facebook pretty much, right? Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, yes. I think so. <laughs> send, us, send us an emoji if you do. I'm pretty sure y'all do. Just because I think the Facebook um, poll will be easier better, easier than the Instagram. Because the Instagram one's kind of complicated. We can only do it in the story. We can't do it on an actual post. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll Yay. do a Facebook poll for the next live topic and then go from there. Yay! But thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok at Scary Not Scary Podcast. Send us any suggestions. If you have any encounter stories to Scary Not Scary Podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, Scary Not Scary Podcast.com. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes podcast app. Um, you can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify. We're still having technical difficulties on Podbean and iTunes for episodes one through 10. I'm so sorry. I am working on it. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but who are we without technical difficulties? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But we and will fix it. Yes, we will. It'll get fixed. I promise. One of these days it will get fixed. But um, we all of the episodes are available on Spotify. If you do listen on Podbean or iTunes podcast app, it's from episodes 11 and up that are available. So, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Remember to stay home, stay, stay safe, stay healthy. And remember to always stay, stay scary. scary. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Thank you.